is Misa and we are so excited to introduce you guys to our first episode of Soundtrack City's sub project if you will dun, 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 dun. the b-side yay super exciting I'm so excited in case you missed our last episode where we briefly spoke about this new little side show that we're starting the b-side is basically just going to be us talking about movies talking about actors, a lot of more general topic, not so much soundtrack related and not so much research based. Uh, each episode is going to have a different theme or different topic and we're basically just going to shoot the shit on that topic. It's all going to be a lot of opinion. So, you know, don't trust everything we say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're just we're basically just going to have a conversation and today we're talking about a very amazing actor that we both adore, I think. Oh, and yeah. And do you want to tell them, Frankie, who we're talking about? We are going to discuss a guy who has been just in so many different movies. He's a movie writer, producer, actor. He does songs. He's been on TV. And no matter how much money he has, he is always in, like, basketball shorts and t-shirts and I gotta respect that and we are talking about none other than Adam Sandler the Sandman <laughs> yes bring us a dream give him a pair of eyes with a come hither gleam give him a lonely heart like oh yes <laughs> yes lots of love for Adam Sandler and we actually were hoping to do an episode about him a year ago. <laughs> oh gosh. <yeah>. Because <laughs> because he was so rudely snubbed by pretty much every award association, I want to say. Um they just they completely ignored, did not even consider him for uncut gems. He was not nominated as the best actor in any capacity and it was a bunch of bullshit and a lot of people were upset and we were right there with them yeah yeah it was um uncut gems was definitely one of his in my opinion um better drama pieces um he, he did a great he was great as howard in that film great acting yeah, yeah. And so that is one of the many movies that we'll talk about today. Uh, so over the last few weeks, Frankie and I have had a lot of fun rewatching <laughs> some of Adam Sandler's, like, Adam, I want to say Adam Sandler had like an era where there was like, it was like an Adam Sandler renaissance. Like he was just pumping out quality yeah. movie after quality movie after quality movie. Like there was a stint in the 90s where it was like every year. He was everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And so that's just one of the things we're going to talk about today. I think that we should just go through his films. I have them here in front of me. I have them in ABC order. 
I also have them in the order of highest to lowest rated on IMDb. And then I also have them as popular to least popular. Okay. Which list do we want to go with? Let's go with popular to least, most popular to least popular. Okay. So before I move on, I just want to say... These lists are according to IMDb. <laughs> so so when it says most popular and then you get down to the, the ones that are not as popular, this is all IMDb. That's your beef with them if you find any issue. But <laughs> <laughs> cool. So we're going to go with the popular list then? Yes. Don't come at okay. us. Okay. Don't come at us. <laughs> Again, guys, IMDb. <laughs> Which we trust with pretty much our lives. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me flip through my notes. I was an idiot and I did not type up my notes. So I'm just going to have to decipher my chicken scratch ass handwriting. Oh, <laughs> me for font. No, dude. When I'm when I'm doing notes and I'm trying to be fast, this is not Misa font. This is <laughs> Dr. Misa font. <laughs> I love it, Dr. Anywho. Um, okay, so according to IMDb, Adam Sandler's most popular film to date is Happy Gilmore from 1996. That is very interesting. I thought so too. I did not expect it, but I'm also not arguing it. Uh, I'm actually surprised because I did happen to look up a different list and um, Happy Gilmore was definitely top 10, actually top five. Um, but they said that Punch Drunk Love was number one. And that's why I told you I didn't like that movie. I'm sorry. We'll get to Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll get there. I, I love Happy Gilmore. It's not one of my personal favorites, but I definitely think it's just, it's comedy gold. I love Happy Gilmore. I know you do. <laughs> uh, well, since you don't like it, can I just go on a little tangent here? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Did you re- is this one of the ones that you rewatched? I did rewatch it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But did, does it make you laugh? Do you enjoy it? Oh yeah. I mean, I laugh. I watch it. Like I, I definitely get the comedy. I think it's funny. It's just not my personal favorite. Like I definitely like it. I don't hate it. It's just again, it's not my personal favorite. Gotcha. Well, we've said it before that Frankie is a Billy Madison girl, and I am a Happy Gilmore groupie. So <laughs> I think uh, in rewatching, actually, Billy Madison is the first movie that I rewatched when we started this whole new episode. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's the very first one that I went and rewatched. I kind of scattered the order that I watched them. Like I watched movies that I'd seen him in before. Then I went to movies that I'd never seen before. Then movies I hadn't seen in a long time and then rotated, you know? Yeah. I waited to watch Happy Gilmore, but of course I was excited to watch Happy Gilmore because I love Happy Gilmore. Like we had the VHS and I used to watch it all the time and it, I just, this movie just always, always, always made me laugh. And I think that I've always kind of had this theory that when you're kind of in a sad state of mind or when you're just not feeling the world, which I think a lot of us are. Mm-hmm. The things that you used to find funny are now actually way more hilarious than they ever were. And I think it's because we all really need a good laugh. Yeah. And Happy Gilmore had me just cracking up. Like, it's as if I was watching it again for the first time when I rewatched it. Like, I love this movie so much. There's these great cameos like Ben Stiller 
works at the mm-hmm. retirement home where Happy Gilmore has to take his grandmother. And of course, you know I'm a big Rocky Balboa fan. Yes. And <laughs> and fucking um, Carl Weathers plays Chubbs. And I love Chubbs. I think everybody loves Chubbs. Chubbs is so funny. He's hilarious, but he's also like that really lovable character too. Right, right. And he's also like the reasonable, logical. Exactly. The words of wisdom character. Yeah. So there's just, there's so many amazing cast members in this movie, even down to the cameos. Like I said, like uh, Will Sasso plays one of the movers and he's hilarious. The cast is just perfect. Like Julie Bowen. Yeah. The mom from Modern, Claire from Modern Family is Virginia Bennett, who, can we talk about her for a second? Yeah. Is this one of her first movies? I don't know, actually, but um, I remember it wasn't not, it was not too, too long ago that I realized they were the same person. I'm not going to lie. I didn't realize until rewatching that it was her. Yeah. And you know, I feel like I would, because I wanted to find a photo of her from the movie and from Modern Family and put them side to side. And so there was one on Reddit and people were talking about it. And a lot of people were just now realizing like that was the same person. So we're not alone, Frankie. Well, good. I'm glad. I feel like she aged backwards. A lot of people were saying that. One person said, oh, it's that 90s hairstyle. It makes everybody look old. Uh, and then like, honestly, I'm not going to lie. And while I while it would be while I would shit bricks if Adam Sandler ever listened to this, I would hate for Julie Bowen to get her feelings hurt by what I'm about to say. But when I first realized that they were the same person, the very first thing I thought to myself was, "Did she get her eyes widened?" And that's all I'm going to say about that. <sighs> I I don't even know. Like I did not realize like I thought that person was so much older like she looks so good and you know what I always thought that it was when I first watched this movie and in the years that in the early years that I loved it like I always thought it was weird like why is happy like going after this old obviously older woman because she looks so much older dude she was 26 during that movie wow so I I don't know if it's the makeup. I don't know what it is. It's 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 just crazy to me that that is the same woman. But mind fuck, right? She and for those well. of you who didn't know before, now you know. <laughs> yeah, she aged well. I think one of the other main reasons I love this film is because Shooter McGavin is such a fantastic villain. He's so funny. You love to hate him. I would put him in the same category as like Vernon from Breakfast Club. Like a hundred percent. He's funny. He's an asshole, but you can't wait to see what smarmy scheme he thinks up next. And it, and he's like charmingly shitty. <laughs> Yet hilarious at the same time. Like I think he's like like dumb hilarity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it turns out like I again. None of this stuff is really research-based, but research fell into my lap. So I'm just going to say this. I was on Twitter just a couple days ago, I shit you not, and there was an article from Vulture.com 
where Christopher McDonald did an interview with Vulture, and he says that he improved some of his lines. Like he improved the famous, "I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast," and then Adam Sandler's like, "You eat pieces of shit for breakfast," and Shooter's like, "No." <laughs> And he says the whole crew cracked up. He also improv the part where they start throwing beach balls. And he's like, damn you people, this is golf, not a rock concert. <laughs> I think some of the most memorable quotes in this film are from Shooter. I love it. But, yeah, and then, of course, this movie has the famous fight with Bob Barker. I was going to say, yeah, you got to mention the cameo of Bob Barker. <laughs> The fantastic fight with Bob Barker. And it's just, I mean, of course, the price is wrong, bitch. Like, who doesn't fucking quote that at least once a year? (laughs) It's just classic. Without Happy Gilmore, we would not have that classic scene. And they actually ended up becoming, like, really good friends. I know, like, there was a lot of footage of them, like, through the years where they they would, like, recreate the fight or, like, Adam Sandler visited him in the hospital and stuff. And... He was there at Bob Barker's last uh, Price is Right episode and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what's cool about Adam Sandler films is like, yeah, he casts his friends, but shut up, wouldn't you? Like, I would. Exactly. So I think it's sweet that he's like such good friends with all these people that are in his films. And eh, it's, he's just awesome. Um, so, of course, Happy Gilmore is one of my very early favorites. Um, a classic, I think. Uh, but not... Not my top. Not I mean, it's very, very close. It's probably like my number two favorite Adam Sandler film. Makes you laugh. Makes you feel good. He's just hilarious. All right. So next popular, Uncut Gems. Good movie. Did you see this movie when it first came out? I did not. I didn't recently watch it until, oh, like before the winter storm. Oh, like, oh, okay. So like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like I just watched it and um, it was on Netflix and I, based on the, um, like the movie picture that you see, like when it first comes up, I had no idea what it was about, um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I, it's, it's a different character for him. Um, I like his dramas. I don't like all of them though, but this is one that I really enjoyed. Um, I just, I loved his, his whole character. Like he just completely embodied and morphed into that, you know, very typical New York fast talking jeweler who's always trying to find, you know, the next thing and be the best and, you know, bring in all the top dogs, buy all his jewelry. Um, sad ending, but really good movie. Yeah. Sad ending. But I mean, a movie like that, that movie is so I want to I want to call it anxiety inducing because it kind of feels like you're being screamed at for 2 hours. <laughs> you know? Welcome to New York. <laughs> like it's like you know yeah, like it's intense. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a lot. I like how Adams Adam Sandler is obviously always going to look like Adam Sandler in his films. He's I wouldn't call Adam Sandler a transformative actor the way Christian Bale is or the way, like, um, James McAvoy is. But, like, in this film, I would say, like, Adam Sandler really did a good job of transforming physically into, like, yeah, you know he's still that same actor, but you lose sight of 
the funny skit guy from Saturday Night Live and the angry loose end, you know, who dances funny and gets drunk at the pool. Like, I feel like a lot of actors have a hard time shedding the skin of their former roles in the eyes of fans. But Mm -hmm. like Adam Sandler creates this whole new identity in Uncut Gems and it works so well, which is why it's such shit that he was not nominated for anything. (laughs) Yeah, this was, I agree with you because when you see his other movies, like there's times where I'm like, oh, that accent or that line makes me think of Billy or, you know, um, Robbie from Wedding Singer. But this movie was completely on its own. Like I did not think of other characters, the way he was saying lines or, you know, the mannerisms and things like that. It was, it was very, very different. And I, I really, I really enjoy this movie. Like I'm actually surprised he didn't get anything for it. Who knows, man? Who knows? But aside from that, yeah, like, I I am going to admit it's not my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of talking, and it's very intense talking, and it's a lot. Uh, and, it, it, I, like, I watched it all. I've watched, I've, this was the second time I watched it, but, like, I had to take breaks. I can see that. You know, like, 40 minutes in, I was like, okay, I'm going to pause this. I'm going to shift the tone to Modern Family for an hour, and then I'll come back. <laughs> and so I um, – but, you know, of course, I, I I did enjoy – there were some parts that I really enjoyed. I mean, The weekend is in it. I was going to say. <laughs> the weekend is in it, guys. We know that's your favorite. <laughs> but also, shouts out to my girl, Idina Menzel, the original Alphaba from Wicked, because she – was a bitch in this film and normally she's yeah. so wholesome and like she plays really sweet I mean she's fucking Elsa you know yeah yeah she proves she's more than just Elsa okay she's she's a real ice bitch yes 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 that's a great way to put it like she she switched and it works like no sometimes actors are not right in certain roles because they just can't pull off certain attitudes or, you know, certain traits. No, dude. Like, Idina Menzel has some darkness in her, and it came out, and it was awesome. Absolutely. I mean, she had to be when she was playing the wife of someone who's such a skis. Good good movie. I, I'm going to go back in and watch it again. I'll, I want to go back in and watch it again and again. I know it's not going to be on my top five, but I can appreciate it. Uh, same. Next popular one, which uh, I was really surprised by. I don't quite understand the IMDb popularity list. But again, guys, this is this is from top to bottom. So <clears throat> the third most popular film of Adam Sandler's is Just Go With It from 2011. Okay. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, I um I didn't finish this one because I didn't I didn't like it. <laughs> I actually not only did I watch the whole thing, there were parts that I enjoyed, but guys, I'm a sucker for Jennifer Aniston. Period. Yeah, she's cute. <laughs> she's adorable. I was team Jen all the way, and I'm still team Jen. I think her and Adam Sandler have 
really cute chemistry. I mean, they're no Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, but yeah, yeah, they're also really fun to watch together. Uh, I think Jen has really great comedic timing, and it's cool to see them kind of mesh. But I mean, there are parts about it that I don't like. Um, let me see what I wrote about it. But at I, at the end of the movie, I wrote down that it is a cute, formulaic movie, but it's two hours long. Oh, that's long. Uh, you know what? I realize a lot of his movies are like longer than they should be. <laughs> we'll get to that. But um, yeah, just go with it. Just go with it, though. I will say really, really creative and kind of amazing soundtrack. That is the one thing I will agree. Yeah. Like throughout the film, I'm just going to name a few things that I noticed. They mixed the original Roxanne by the police with You Should Be Dancing by the Bee Gees, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, they also mixed Tainted Love with Is This Love by Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I noted one other one, but I'm not seeing it. Eh, it's whatever. You know, you it's one of those movies where you totally see it coming. You know how it's going to go. That She pretends to be his ex-wife because of something dumb and then of course they fall for each other you know what I mean so it's I mean but it was still a fun watch I still enjoyed it because I again I love Jennifer I I love everything she does because I'm just that girl um there's a scene where she's just fucking hilarious I think she steals the show at some point it's weird to see Nicole Kidman and Dave Matthews married though I was going to say, that was the one thing that I thought was kind of cool, is that Dave Matthews is in this movie. (laughs) Dude, he's so stupid in this film. Yeah, he is. And, oh, the other song was Every Breath You Take by The Police, remixed with Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Mm, Good songs, good songs. Yeah, yeah. So it was, and all I could think of was like, that would be a lot of work for a soundtrack episode. (laughs) You're hilarious. I have to cover both those songs. I mean, every track. And that's, I'm not even naming all the mixes that they did. There's more. I just wrote down the ones I liked. Because, of course, Adam, I want to say across the board, Adam Sandler films, soundtracks, top notch. Bomb. Bomb. All the way. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this, this movie wasn't the best, but. It had its moments. It had its moments. I I would recommend it for, you know, if you're an Adam Sandler fan and you haven't seen it, I would say go check it out for the sake of you can say you checked it out and gave it a chance. All right. I'll rewatch. It's probably not going to be your favorite, and that's okay. You don't have to like everything, but, I, you know, there were moments. The fourth most popular movie, Fifty First Dates. So cute. Oh my gosh. This movie makes me cry. Yeah, it is sad. The The ending is kind of bittersweet. Yes. Like, to be in love with someone and to make them a video so they can watch it every morning and you quickly, like, recap their lives. Like, that's just, like, love. Love. Yeah. Yeah. When did you first see this movie? Oh, when it came out, I saw it in theaters because well, I love the soundtrack. Um, and then I just I love Drew and Adam together. Like I think they're so cute. 
And this movie just made me laugh. Like, I love when, um, what's his name? I always forget his name. Um, Rob dresses up as Drew and just like all those funny little bits and, you know, the brother, Doug, and he's like ridiculous. Oh my God. No, actually there was a, there's a scene in here. There's a quote in here that reminds me of you. What is it? (laughs) It's the scene where like we first see Lucy come home. And mm-hmm. they ha- they're doing all the, you know, the birthday cake and they open Sixth Sense and they're watching it. And I love when, like, the movie's over and they're walking and they're going to go to bed. She's like, wow. She's like, I can't believe Bruce was a Bruce Willis was a ghost. And she says, I mean, I'm shocked. And it sounds exactly like you. <laughs> I mean, I'm shocked. Like, I can't even do it. Like, she just says it and I'm like. Frankie, is that you? <laughs> Are you here? <laughs> Did you insert your soundbite into this movie? I wish. Dude, it's so funny. And like, I thought of you immediately and I wrote it down because I just had to tell you. I never noticed I it before, that. but that sounds so much like you. And it was adorable. I love that. Uh, and of course, you know, you got to love a, a Sixth Sense reference. <laughs> Of course, of course. Uh, but I totally agree with you. Like, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler are so cute. Like, they they are, like, I feel like they bring out, like, the cutest in each other. And But it's also, like, they're also kind of, they have a really great way of acting, like, shy with each other, too. And it just makes it more adorable and endearing. Yeah. They're just they're such a cute couple. But I love when he... Uh, sits down with her I think it's the very very first time he sits down with her and he mentions like how his hands smell like fish and she's like I love that smell and he's like no you don't (laughs) and that just melts you doesn't it it really does and they're just they're really cute together and then the next time when he's trying to like talk to her he's like do you want to smell my hands they smell like fish <laughs> yeah and she's like excuse me <laughs> yeah. oh no but you know what though like here's what I don't get about this film and I don't have a lot of gripes at all but like the dad and the brother were so careful about everything how did they miss the expiration sticker I guess maybe when you do it over and over again, um, you know, you get kind of confident, overly confident, I guess. That's true. You get comfortable. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it just frustrates me that they worked so hard. So hard. And it, what, it was almost a year, right? Yeah. I thought it was, yeah, almost two years, I thought, wasn't it? I can't remember anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was one. It was also one of the first ones I rewatched. But I, yeah, like, it just tripped me. I'm just like, man, like, oh, it could have been so easy. Like, she drives it every day, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like Or, like, did they think about her license? Like, that would have gone in the same vein, you know what I mean? Yeah, they'd have to think about, like, I thought that's a full-time job. Oh, and then, of course love this movie because you get uh, an Adam Sandler original, Forgetful Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) I love the original. Yeah. Um, Oh, one thing that I did realize when I rewatched this, I evidently had never seen the first 22 minutes of this film. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. 
So, okay, like you saw it in theaters. I did not see it right away. I remember when it was at the Dollar Cinema and um, I wanted to go see it with Sarah, but Sarah was dating some guy at the time and she promised him she would go see it with him. I guess I didn't make an effort to watch it right away. So when I did watch it, it was because it used to come on TBS a lot. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, apparently... I, Because I turned this movie on and I'm watching it and I'm like, why don't I know this? Why don't I recognize this? And it turns out that I, I realized in that moment I've only ever seen it on TV with commercials, edited for TV, and I've apparently never really caught the first 22 minutes. Oh, wow. So, but that's really funny though, because like that pretty much means that the moment I, I got into the movie was like right before he meets her. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say then you missed kind of mostly back-ish story setting it up. Right. Right. Which even so I was like, man, that took 22 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot now that I think about it. It's a lot of movie without Drew Barrymore, I think. I was going to say, that's a long time for you to, um, like, not watch and still be able to fully get the movie. Because he keeps mentioning, like, his job. He obviously works at the aquarium. Is it like an aquarium? Yeah, the aquarium. You know, it, it, these all become plot points. So I was like, I was like, okay, I don't, I didn't feel like I had missed much. Obviously not, because, like, nothing in the movie ever confused me. That, that was just kind of funny. To, it was, I felt like I was watching a whole new film. Oh, I could extend it cut. That's funny. Uh, next on the popular list. Uh, sorry. Was that audible? No, no, no. You're fine. I didn't hear it. <laughs> um, next on the list is Grown Ups from 2010. Okay. Have you seen this? I have. I liked this one. I thought it was cute. Okay. This is all you because I have not seen it. Oh, no. Okay. Um, so I really like this one because it shows like a group of kids, um, and it's like they're re-showing like their championship junior basketball thingy, and um, it fast forwards like thirty years later, and they haven't really been around each other as much, and so they all get together um, because the coaches died, and so they take a like a lake house trip and. Um, you know, just like rekindle and get to know each other again because it's been so long and they know each other's spouses and just like their kids are playing. Um, it's a really cute family movie. Uh, it does have like some weird parts. I forget who it is. I'm pretty sure it is. It's not Kevin. I'm pretty sure it's Rob Schneider or David Spade. One of them. I can't remember. Um, one of their daughters like ends up showing up and she's like, super cute and tries to like hook up with one of the other guys and that's a little awkward um but it's just it's a super cute like fourth of july family movie gotcha okay i did know that it was kind of like it it doesn't have scenes where they're like younger and then they grow up yeah kind of um so it's at the beginning like i said kind of like setting the pace and like showing you how they've been friends um so it's not there's not a whole lot of back and forth but there's definitely some notable scenes with it and like I said it sets the scene it's actually really funny how they do it at the beginning because it looks like they actually took the characters from their own pictures from when they were younger and like photoshopped their faces into the scene 
because they also show like old pictures of them together and it's clearly the actors so they got pictures of like Adam when he was younger and Chris Rock when he was younger and David Spade and they like superimpose them on someone else's body to do that scene mm-hmm. Does that make sense yeah yeah that's cool yeah yeah so that was cool and of course you know amazing soundtrack oh okay good to know yeah really I mean it's a it's a packed soundtrack like there's all kinds of music like I'm sure um I'm looking right now just to double check because I didn't want to be wrong yeah there's um Fleetwood Mac Eddie Money um the Kings there's Jefferson Starship um there's ACDC Aria Speedwagon Journey like all kinds of bands and there's a lot of music like I'm just briefly looking through there's at least like 22 songs that sounds amazing that sounds like all the staples. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a cool film, I and mean, I definitely recommend it. Um, and I'm not surprised that it's in the top, just because of all of the actors that are in it, and because it is such a family fun film. Um, Salma Hayek plays one of the wives, and of course, um, I forgot his name, and I feel awful for forgetting his name. Um, the Disney actor Cameron Boyce, who plays his son in this film he passed away from epilepsy um he's in this film as well as grown-ups too oh I did not know anything about this he plays I'm looking at the cast right now yeah Cameron Boyce plays um I'm Adam's son that's what I was saying what's his name I'm sorry I forgot his name in this film when he plays one of his sons and um he is also his son in grown-ups too the sequel um but he got his fame from Disney uh, and was in um, the show Jesse and he was also in The Descendants which is like the Disney villains happily ever after films Um, and he passed away from epilepsy in May I want to say last year or the year before wow and let me see how old was he he was was 20 yeah he was young Oh, that is so awful. Yeah, it was super unexpected. Wow, and his filmography is pretty lengthy considering. Like, he did a lot in yeah, his Yeah, he did time. a lot. Yeah, he did. And he, like, he aged well. And he was just a really cool guy, too, based on, like, what everyone always said. Um, he was in a lot of other movies and did voices, too, for TV shows when he was younger. You know what? And he totally looks like he could play Adam's son. Like, I see it. Oh, yeah. And when he was younger, even more so. Yeah, the hair. I totally. Mm-hmm. It, oh, yeah. That's that would, That's a pretty good casting job. Yeah. So, super cute movie. Definitely recommend. I well, It was on my list. I did write down quite a few films. I didn't get to watch all of them, but. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I didn't get to rewatch all the movies I wanted to, so I'm hoping those aren't on the top ten because I won't have anything to say about them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we can always skip stuff. Um, <laughs> but one reason that I, I was kind of saving this one, I don't know if I was necessarily saving this one or uh, stalling to where I wouldn't have to watch it, um, maybe both, mm-hmm. but I'm not a big fan of Kevin James. Really? Um, I don't particularly care for I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, so I know he's in that one. What other ones is he in? 
Um, I mean, he did voices on Hotel Transylvania, but I don't think that counts. Yeah, um, I wouldn't count. Uh, Zookeeper. He was in Zookeeper with him. That's actually a cute movie, too. Yeah, those are the ones I avoided. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch the Hotel Transylvanias, but I, I'm just not, like, King of Queens annoys the shit out of me. Oh, I agree. I hate that show. So, I mean, I've, I've had a bad taste in my mouth for Kevin James for quite some time because of that show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just, I just don't find him. Like, when it came to Paul Blart Mall Cop and Observe and Report with Seth Rogen, I fucking went and paid to see Observe and Report with Seth Rogen because fuck Paul Blart. Like, that's how I feel. Like, I just don't find Kevin James funny. He, he is not funny. If he's the main character, in my opinion. Okay, yes. Yes. I, it's probably not his strength to be a lead. Okay, exactly. I agree. And so, and the things that I, I, I've avoided him in or that I just get annoyed by him in are ones where he is very prominently placed. Mm-hmm. I can see that. You know, so he just, I just don't, he can't carry a, a show or a movie very well. You know, he's, he's a secondary character. He's a secondary, he will always be to me. Yeah, I, I can, I can see that and agree with that. So, but I just, I just couldn't, <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> I understand. And we're skipping, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry because I didn't see it. So. Oh, good. That's not on the top 10, is it? Uh, where is it? The next popular, and we are descending here, is Blended. I didn't see this one. I liked it. It was funny, but it takes quite some time to pick up. Okay. Okay. Um, like, because it's about, like, Drew Barrymore, and uh, basically the, the opening of the movie is Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler are on a blind date, and they're at Hooters. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And I immediately craved chicken wings. You're hilarious. So, so like, he's a widower. She, I guess... I can't remember if they got she got divorced or the husband died, but she has two kids, and Adam Sandler has three girls, and it's it's one of those things where like they both want this same trip to Africa because of course Adam Sandler films go out of town, always. <laughs> they want this trip to Africa, and so they end up both getting it, and they're sharing a room, them and their families. Oh, it's a sweet film. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore have their sweet moments. Um, There's a really funny scene where Adam Sandler's daughter, who, by the way, gave me some serious Molly Ringwald in Pretty in Pink vibes. Oh, which daughter? The oldest one. He has has three daughters, and she's the oldest one. And she's kind of going through, like, uh, preteen phase. She has her period. Ah, okay. And uh, so, like, she's not allowed to drive. So Adam Sandler has to go buy her feminine products and he doesn't know how to do this and so he's like standing in front of the you know the aisle which is a familiar scene it's kind of funny where the dad or the boyfriend has to go look at all the stuff and pick one so he's looking at them right and he's reading them out loud to himself trying to figure them out Mm -hmm. and you know there's there's one uh like I don't know if they're pads or tampons or whatever but it's it's called poise Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. uh, aren't those old women ones? Those are, I don't know, actually. Um, <laughs> but he, so he sees that and he doesn't pronounce it right. So he says to himself, he's like, Boise? 
Poisey? That's kind of close, guys. <laughs> it was just so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had to rewind it just to be like, wait, let me write that down. That is hilarious. That shit cracked me up. It was... That's hilarious. <laughs> it was great. And we get an appearance from Five Second Tom from Fifty First Dates. Okay. Yeah. So he shows up. It's not going to be exactly like Fifty First Dates. It's not going to be exactly like Wedding Singer. Um, but, you know, there are these intimate moments. It is kind of a long film. This one was also two hours. However, I I wouldn't say it felt like two hours it was it was it was enjoyable so I'm looking at pictures and I think I've actually seen I saw part of this one I can't remember why I didn't finish it because I remember Bella Thorne with a very tomboyish look maybe I mean like I said like it takes a while to pick up so maybe it was just like this isn't picking up I'm turning it off (laughs) yeah that may have been me uh, which I totally understand. Some movies you have the patience for, and some movies you just don't. You know, like I realized that when I had to rewatch Coneheads. <laughs> yeah. I was so. Can we talk about that really fast so we can just get <laughs> yeah. it out of the way? Yeah, sure, that's fine. <laughs> I remember watching Coneheads when I was a kid, and I the funniest part to me is when Chris Farley and the girl take the prom picture, and he gets like burned from the light. <laughs> Okay, yes. That shit has always been fun ever since I was a child. But in having to rewatch it for this, I was like, I was so impatient because I was like, oh, it starts off before they're even on Earth. So they still have to like get here and get a house. Like I was not, I was not ready for all this extra stuff. I just wanted it to open with them already being on Earth. There's a lot going on in this and the effects are lacking (laughs) yeah it was early 90s right it was early 90s yeah 93 i did like when uh the mom puts on the wig and that kind of stuff though and when she gets the tattoo on her head (laughs) i thought i thought those were cute yeah yeah it's one of those where has its moments but not my favorite Saturday Night Live skits translated into films are not always a hit. They're kind of more misses. Um, yeah, I, I will agree with you. I would yeah. say. That's yeah, just... for the most part. For the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part. Anyway, sorry. We Now Coneheads is done. We're done. <laughs> do. Yeah, we can move on to the next most popular one, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, the next most popular one after Blended is Hubie Halloween. What the fuck? I watched that one and that one's crazy. I actually really adore Hubie Halloween. I thought it was like super cheesy. Yeah. I think what bothers me, I'll be very honest, is the way he talks. I don't like the way Hubie talks. That's how I feel about little Nikki. Yeah, okay. And that I completely agree. Like little Nikki's voice is super annoying until he gets hit in the face with a shovel again (laughs) it's just it's it's just one of those character choices you know adam sandler he's gonna do the funny voice every now and then and this was yeah this just happened to be one of the funny voice you know like i i still enjoy little nicky i just mm, i wish he didn't talk like that that's all you know yeah and so hubie halloween his voice doesn't really bother me as much this was actually i actually watched it when it came out I mean, it came out on Netflix, so obviously I watched it at home anyway. 
but I thought it was kind of adorable. It's got all these references to all the past movies, like Ben Stiller's in it. Yes, now that was cute. I like, and they had a ton of different characters in here. Yeah, a lot of familiar, a lot of characters that like, if you've seen all the staple Adam Sandler films, you'll point and be like, oh, hey. So those those moments were cool. And then, of course, Julie Bowen from Modern mm-hmm. Family comes back and she's his love interest again. And she's just, they're so adorably cute, like in their own way, because they're both still basically like kids. And they're just like, it's like dumb cute, you know? Yeah. I thought it was cute that he, um, like people were throwing, okay, the one thing I don't like is when people are like throwing things at him and he's like ducking like, all the stuff. I think that's why I don't. This one made me sad because, like, they were so mean to him. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, his mom, you know, duct taped them together, and I thought that was funny. So, I mean, the mom was hilarious. I love um, Sibushimi and Rob Schneider in this one um, because they're both crazy. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was. It wasn't my favorite. Like, I'm just surprised it's so high up. If that makes sense. And I'm rambling. You know, I want to say maybe Hubie Halloween is higher up there because it's a little more recent. And uh, it's kind of a kid movie. And it's on Netflix. So it hits a a lot of marks for people who are, you know, quarantining or who are just, like, staying at home more to, like, open up Netflix and turn it on. And so that's just maybe, maybe it's an algorithm thing. Yeah, you're right. That makes sense. That makes sense. But it that doesn't explain Just Go With It. But I think Just Go With It was on Netflix recently. So maybe that's it. Next most popular is That's My Boy. But we're going to skip that one. Yeah. The number ninth most popular is The Longest Yard. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that one is funny. And I, I know a lot of men who do love that movie because it's such a guy movie. It's a guy movie. It's a football movie. It's a jail movie. It's a jail movie and Texas movie. Yes. And it's if you're a pro wrestling fan, you're going to spot a lot of people that you're going to mark out for just a bit. And yeah, <laughs> I actually think that Kevin Nash is the most hilarious character in this movie. Like, he's the one on steroids, and he's the really tall one who's just always flipping out on shit. Like, the first time we see him, he flips the table over, and he's like, who drank all the damn Gatorade? (laughs) (laughs) And Adam Sandler's like, yeah, so steroids an issue? (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, Definitely, definitely funny. Um, I love that they have so many different characters and this pays like I mean they even have like Nelly in here Michael Irvin like they have a lot of people in this movie and it's got some really hilarious like one-liners um they have of course cute little cheerleaders <laughs> oh my god yes fucking Tracy Morgan yes <laughs> I love when they practice in the flooded field and Creedence Clearwater's play yeah this and again soundtrack Yes, this soundtrack. Yeah. Banging as usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I real one thing that I realized when I was rewatching this, I forgot just how much Burt Reynolds was in this movie. Like I I hadn't seen this movie all the way through in a long time, but I always thought that he showed up kind of toward the end, 
and he was only there for a little bit and he just gave some advice and left. But he's actually shows up within like the first 40 minutes, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And he's there for the rest of the film. He's just kind of like not as vocal. And I was just like, I, I, I did not remember you the right way. I, like, I remembered you all wrong, apparently. Yeah, he's in this one quite a bit. And that's because, um, isn't this supposed to be like loosely based off of the original movie that he was in, The Longest Yards? It is a remake, yeah. I don't know how close. You haven't seen that one. No, I don't. I I don't think I've ever seen a Burt Reynolds film, to be honest. Except for, I guess, this one? <laughs> I, I think that counts, yeah. This counts. Um, his name is on the movie. I've seen a couple of his just because I've seen him. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're really his movie, but I am I know that he's in Boogie Nights um, and Striptease. And I've seen both of those. Okay, gotcha. I haven't seen either of those. Okay. I did not, I did not know he was in those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no, Burt Reynolds. Sometimes I get him confused with Sean Connery. Oh, I mean, I can see that. I can see that. I just, the the mustache, the mustache. Yeah, definitely the mustache. And then wasn't he in that TV show with the talking car? Magnum P.I.? I thought that was Tom Selleck. My bad. Just kidding. They're all the same person. Wait, now I don't know. Who was in? They're all. Wait, Magnum P.I.? Um... Is that what I'm thinking of? Am I thinking of Knight Rider? Oh, God. Okay, he was in Smokey and the Bandit. I know he's been in, like, some soap operas. Maybe I'm talking about Smokey and the Bandit. Maybe that's what I'm talking about. Just kidding. Maybe, yeah. Or otherwise, I was going to say, was he in Cannonball Run? I think so, yes. That's the only other thing I, that kind of rings out as far as Burt Reynolds and a car to me. Oh, Gunsmoke. Okay, that's the other one that I know him from. Apparently, we need to brush up on our Burt Reynolds. Yeah, and then all the other ones are like, you know, typical Western ones. And I'm not a fan of Westerns. That's the one. I don't like Western movies. Westerns could be hit or miss. Two that I come to mind that I like are Tombstone and Cowboys vs. Aliens. I'll give you Tombstone. Fuck yeah. I'll kill me. The other one I haven't seen. Mm, 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 but I'll kill me. <laughs> all right. So, uh, after The Longest Yard, we have Little Nicky. Yay! I love that one. Little Nicky is a really cute movie and a great cast, as usual. I don't think I have to keep repeating that because every cast is pretty much nailed. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and this is one, actually, my one of my favorite soundtracks is in this movie. And I, this is another movie I remember seeing in theater. Um, and I love doing his voices and his friends' voices. Like, I just, I think it's so funny. And then... The fact that he, when he rents the hotel and it's with um, Alan Covert's character, the one who plays like the typical theater guy. Right. And that just, I don't know why, but I loved that character. Um, especially when he's like, they have to kill someone. And he's like, can I do it? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, I love the two deadheads that follow him around. Yes. Like, I think his name is Joe Dante, right? The tan one? Oh, yeah, yeah. The one who plays the gay guys in all of his other movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he plays – in this one, he plays Pete. And I I love when they um they see him at the basketball game and Pete's like, look who's back from the dead. Oh <laughs> yes. I love the way he talks. He's just – That's my 
favorite. (laughs) And then later on, when Nikki's like, he's spinning the record backwards, and it's like, our commander, whatever. And Pete's like, Chicago kicks ass. Yes. And I literally said that line. I went to go see Chicago in concert before COVID. And that is, I was dying laughing during their concert because all I can think about is Little Nikki says they're devil worshippers. <laughs> the spinning record backwards. Oh my God. Yes. And I love that in their apartment, he has a poster for the birds and Psycho. Yes. Yes. Just such a good movie. I think it's such a cute, I think it's, I think it's also very different. Like it's a, a very unique plot. Like, you don't see a lot of movies like that, like where it's the the devil has kids, you know, Lucifer has kids. Right, right. And that he, like, procreated with Reese Witherspoon as an angel. Yes. And that's really cool. Oh, and I love when they're mom buying, it's all in the hips. Yes, because Chubbs is in heaven. And him and Nikki, him and Nikki have this moment where, like, they look at each other. And then they're like, hi. <laughs> and, like, they recognize each other, but not really. Exactly. <laughs> I love that part. And I just want to say one thing about Little Nikki. This is another one that I didn't watch right away like you did. But I this is another one that I did catch on TBS because it would play a lot. Mm-hmm. One day I was watching this movie, and I was super stoned. And I got to the part where Rodney Dangerfield pops up. We remember that scene, right? Yeah, Lucifer. And I was so high that when I saw that scene, I I legitimately thought to myself, my brain registered these words and I thought to myself, huh, I wonder if they filmed this before or after Rodney Dangerfield died. So that means, guys, that somewhere in my stoned-ass brain, I was perfectly fine with the thought that Rodney Dangerfield is in hell. <laughs> and, I, and I, for some fucking reason, considered the fact that, like, I wonder if they went to hell to film this. <laughs> this is basically well, duh, what I, That makes sense. <laughs> and then it took that me a moment. Because obviously he's dead, guys. He's dead. <laughs> Yeah, he's been dead for quite some time. And I was just like, that was when I knew that I was, like, gone. (laughs) They play B.B. Mac in this movie, which is such a callback to the 90s. Yeah, they play, they, like, this soundtrack is such a good soundtrack. And I'm going to go ahead and get myself away. This is definitely one of my movies that I want to cover in the future because I really do love this movie. And I love this soundtrack. Um, And they play so many amazing fucking songs yeah they literally play Foo Fighters and Incubus back to back back to back best scene release the good this movie I this movie is sweet it's it's super cute I the one thing that I think is kind of eh about it is the love story um I feel like the love story is kind of 
like secondhand in this film because obviously his mission is to stop his brothers from bringing hell to earth but I feel like the, the love story in this one is not as strong as it is in his other films and as much as I love Patricia Arquette and her family I don't <laughs> think she's a strong love interest um I have always thought it was an odd choice but I feel like that was purposeful because like little Nikki is supposed to be so awkward you know like devilishly awkward um so I feel like that's why they chose that counterpart and that's why they made Patricia's character so awkward also I don't know she she has some funny moments but she's definitely just not that's not who I would have picked however I don't know who I would have picked because I don't think Drew Barrymore or Jennifer Aniston would have, or uh, what's her name, would have been good partners for this. Julie Bowen. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I would have replaced her with either of them either. But I, it is hard to say who it would be. Um, yeah. But to me, like, because uh, her, what's her name in this one? Valerie. Yeah, I think so. To me, Valerie yeah. is one of the more forgettable females in an Adam Sandler film oh for sure yeah I I agree with you there's like I get like I I think that you're on point when you say like they they wanted to make her character awkward to like kind of counter with Nikki's awkward I feel like they didn't really give her anything like special they didn't give her anything that defined her and and put and again like there is a lot less time in the film for the love story so it didn't really get to develop either yeah. Um, but it is like when they are together, it is really sweet. It, and, you know, she's, you know, she's cute. She's mousy and, you know, she's adorable. She's Patricia Arquette. Yeah. I love when she's getting the little dog bag. <laughs> they have great moments. Um, yeah, this is a cute film. Uh, and then, since we skipped That's My Boy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next most popular film is Billy Madison. I love this film. So when did you first see this film? Um, so I first saw this film when, um, not when it came out, but very shortly after. My dad bought it. My dad is a huge Adam Sandler fan, um, and probably the reason why I love Adam Sandler so much, but um, my dad bought it and we watched it on VHS and the scene where they're doing the Marco Polo that's how my dad used to call me if we went to the store and like I walked away from him um he would quote this movie that's adorable and um yeah and I just I I love this movie because I think it's just so outlandish you know to I'm gonna go back to school you know like what district would allow you to do that first of all um, but I also loved that he, we saw such a change in his character. Like we see him super immature and then we see that he can be caring. And then we see that he really does have a good head on his shoulders. Um, that he struggles just like us and wants to, you know, fit in. Like we have those moments where he goes to high school and you feel like embarrassed for him because he shows up in like ancient car, you know, like Banty from the eighties. Um, and it's just really awkward, but, um, but yeah, I, I think this is a really funny movie. It's one of 
the first movies that I remember seeing with him, and that's probably why I hold it so near and dear to my heart. Um, my kids watched it with me when I rewatched it, and neither of them really got the comedy. So, really, what what did they did they laugh? What did they say about it? Um, both of them laughed like at moments, and both of them thought it was funny. But they were both like, "You can just tell it's like older comedy." Like I don't know. I feel like they're so biased. So it doesn't even matter what they say. <laughs> if it's old comedy, it's not funny, Misa. So. Okay. okay. Even if they laughed, I don't know. Um, I just, I just think it's, it's hilarious. Like I love when he makes his friend from the third grade class call Miss Bond, and he's like, and it's like, why, why would your third grade student call and ask you that? And you know, you're trying to act like it's not you and playing it cool. Um, so, yeah. And, again, the soundtrack for this movie is just fucking phenomenal. So, Yeah, I do love the soundtrack to this film. Billy Madison, for me, is it's not super top, but it is still an enjoyable watch. I'll still put it on every now and then. And it's another one that came on TV. I feel like a lot of Adam Sandler movies are just, like, playing on TV by default somewhere. I- yeah, I think they're very TV friendly. Like they don't have to edit a lot out, you know? Right, right. And so Billy Madison is another one that like you can pretty much catch on TV. I I realized in watching Billy Madison that like while I don't hold it very, very high in my list, mm-hmm. uh, there are actually a shit ton of quotes that are in my daily life that I took from this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like a shit ton. Like in the beginning when he draws the smile on his chest with the sunscreen and he's like, smiley. <laughs> I say that all the time. Like, <laughs> like it'll be like, so like when I'm working or when I'm doing like a photo shoot, but I'll be like, all right, everybody smile. And I, I take a few shots and like, I want everyone to hold that for a second so I can get a few And I just kind of muttered to myself, like, smiley or something like that. Like, I just say it. And so I, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you realize that you adopted a phrase from a film. And then it's not until way later that you're watching the film. You're like, oh, that's where I got that from. Yes. And so I kept realizing that over and over. Like, also, there's the scene where he passes out in front of the house. And, like, the businessmen walk by. And he reaches out. And he's like leg (laughs) I say that all the time like I love that you randomly quote the ridiculous ones my favorite scene and it is like just absolutely ridiculous it's when Billy calls um what's his name's character he calls him and he was like he apologizes for being so rude to him and everything and his character's like oh yeah no it's uh it's cool and then he hangs up and you see him like take out his list. He crosses off Billy's name and then he puts like lipstick all over. And this scene is done to one of my favorite songs. And that's why I, I just have always thought that scene was just fucking stupid and hilarious. And I don't know why I love it so much. This movie is, it's like stupid funny to me. This is a stupid funny film. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. As funny as this movie, as quotable as this movie is, I think I've realized a couple reasons why I it's not one of my favorites. 
And I think I, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but I think I realize now why I like Happy Gilmore better. Because I feel like a lot of people are either a Happy Madison or Happy Madison. I feel like a lot of people are either a Billy Madison person or a Happy Gilmore person. A lot of people love both, but they'll always prefer one over the other. I agree with that. And um, one reason that I, I find like Billy Madison to me is not as rewatchable is because there's a lot of moments that really gross me out. Oh, okay. Like, like I can't eat while I'm watching this movie. Like the there's a part where like the mom blows her kid's nose and then she wipes it like on herself and then the fucking clown it busts his head open and he's bleeding from the mouth and yeah. the blood is like black. And they're like clapping. <laughs> and it's like I all I can think of is like how much my head would hurt. And like uh, uh, like there's there's other scenes I I can't remember them right now but like there are other scenes where I'm just like uh, I can't watch this like if I was trying to sit down and eat and watch this movie I would turn it off like there's just moments where I've just like grossed out <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it, there's a quite a there's quite a few of them but I can't think of them all right now but one of the other one of the other things that I realized and I actually wrote the notes on my Happy Gilmore section. Um, one reason why I realized that I like Happy Gilmore better is because we see who and what he cares about immediately. You know, like Happy Gilmore is someone who has a dream. He has ambition. He has a goal. He wants to be a hockey player. And we also know at the same time that he really cares about his grandmother. And right. And in that same, like on the contrast, like Billy Madison really only cared about himself. Like he, Billy Madison takes a long time to become a likable character in the film. I can see that. To me, like, Billy only started to care about the company when he thought he wasn't going to get it. But, like, what did he really do to keep it that whole time? It, You know, like, I felt like Happy Gilmore has, like, purpose and selflessness, and Billy Madison just kind of wants to mm-hmm. prove a point. I can see that. Yeah, I can definitely see the difference in those characters. Um, then the villains. Uh, like, I don't feel like Eric is a strong villain. I feel like Shooter McGavin is just way more fun to watch. And, and Happy Gilmore's just easier to root for because Billy Madison, like I said, like he just, he takes too long to get redeemed. Like he takes too long to change. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I guess I just kind of check out on that character because I'm like, why am I, I don't know why I'm rooting for you. I just... I think that's what it was. I think that's always what it was. But, like, as opposed to, like, Happy Gilmore, like, five minutes in, his grandmother loses her house. And now he has to figure out how to make a bunch of money so he can get it back for her. Like, he's not even looking out for himself anymore. He's looking out for his grandmother because she raised him. Yeah. Again, like, that's my opinion. Billy Madison is definitely your fare for, like, the wacky, the offhanded, the, like, the stupid funny, like you said. And, and then Happy Gilmore is just a different kind of comedy. But they're both hilarious. They're both quotable as shit. Like shampoo and conditioner, I do that every time I shower. <laughs> That's how I remember. That's how I remember which one goes first. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. I hear Adam Sandler's voice in my head every time I wash my hair. Yeah, I <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just permanent. It's just always been permanent to me. And I will say that Billy Madison gets a shit ton of points with me because Chris Farley is in it. Yes. Yes. And he's just, he's precious. Um, 
love him. And he's just got the funniest fucking quotes. Oh like, he's not even in this movie very long. And he's so funny. He really is. When he's like, everyone on the bus, good, great, grand. <laughs> Wonderful. No yelling on the bus. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. He's so angry. I love when they first show him and he's, like, tense he when he's driving the bus. Yes. And then they throw something at him, and he's like, I'll turn this damn bus around. <laughs> and then your precious field trip. And he takes all their food. Yes, him and Norm MacDonald take all the food. I love Norm MacDonald. Oh, he's hilarious in this film. I love Norm. I love when he's like, um, Billy, um, I keep mixing their names up. I called him Billy Gilmore. I love when Billy's like, what's today? And Norm's like, October? <laughs> like fucking drunk. As- and I think Norm McDonald may have actually been drunk. In real life? I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure, but I want to say I heard that somewhere once. I don't know. I don't know. Guys, again, we didn't do research. Yeah, no. And you know what? I wouldn't put it past him. Oh, me either. Especially since him and Adam were friends and they were basically just fucking around in all those scenes. Like, yeah, why not show up drunk? Yeah. What are you going to do? Fire me? No. (laughs) But I do love that, like, Billy does become a redeemable character. He does become a hero. And, like, when he, even when he does get the company, like, he gives it to Carl, who deserves it. Yeah. I, I found myself like kind of frustrated because I'm like, I know, I couldn't remember how it ended. I couldn't remember how Billy Madison ended. And I'm like, is he really going to get the company? Like, how's it going to work? <laughs> and then he gives it to Carl. Like, oh, okay, good. And then he's going to go to school to become a teacher, which is also cool. Yes. And I really like that. And I love when he's like, I'm going back to college. Yeah. Because Sonia Blade inspired him. <sighs> yes. <laughs> what's her real name i forget sorry oh god i don't even remember her name um bridget is it bridget nielsen am i th- no i'm not thinking no that's bridget another bridget bridget something it's right bridget bridget, bridget something. wilson sombras i never would have guessed that oh yeah oops i guess i didn't i okay apparently i never knew her name because that was not even in my rolodex yeah i just knew her name was bridget and i always thought that she was so cute and i loved one of her teacher outfits I liked her as a love interest. Yeah. She liked- she was a strong love interest, right? Yes, and she, like, put him in his place. Yeah, exactly. She wasn't putting up with his bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So those were the 11 <laughs> most popular, <laughs> top most popular Adam Sandler films. Guys, that barely scratches the surface, but um, how do we want to go through the rest of these? Because the bottom 10 are not... Okay, you want me to read them to you? Yeah, let's go through them. The bottom 10. Bottom 10, starting with the very last one. Okay. Mixed Nuts, Eight Crazy Nights, Shakes the Clown, Going Overboard, Sandy Wexler, Bulletproof, Rain Over Me, Men, Women, and Children, The Week Of, and The Cobbler. Okay. I've seen most of those. However, the one that I want to talk about, because I actually watched that one, this one, just for this. The week of, I hated that movie. So I agree. I hated it too. I agree with that. I didn't get it. I don't know why it was like a thing. I don't know why they decided to do it. Um, 
And surprisingly, Angel thought it was good. Well, Angel likes that Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Uh, yeah, I'm, you're right, you're right, you're right. And I, I talked to you briefly about the week of, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, so was this the first time you watched it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you you watched it all the way through and you didn't like it, right? I didn't finish it, Misa, because I couldn't. I was like, oh. this is shit. <laughs> yeah, I, let me see it. I don't know if I finished it. Let me look. I, yeah, no, I finished it. Okay. Yeah, I tried. It's, this is, I'm going to rant again. This is one of those movies, guys, if you haven't seen it, this is one of the movies that I really hate how movies like this end up building and unfolding because I think it's dumb. This is one of those movies where, like, Adam Sandler plays a pushover and everybody keeps, like, kind of shoving themselves into his life and he's too nice to say no, so he ends up with like an entire bridal party family and staying in his house and they don't even have enough rooms. People are on the floor and it's just like, I, I've realized I don't like movies like this because it could just easily be avoided if the character just said like, no, I, I don't have space for you right now. Like I go find another hotel. Cause that's the whole reason right. they had to come to his house is cause the hotel got all fucked. Yeah. Cause he tried to, he couldn't just be honest and say like, Oh no, we don't have money or live in a fancy hotel. So here's, you know, the holiday Inn. Right. And it just, I don't like movies like that because it just, it makes me kind of feel a little anxious and it kind of frustrates me because I'm just like, why don't you defend yourself? This is also kind of one of those movies where, like, a character lies and then the lie just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, kind of like in Meet the Parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As another, I can't enjoy Meet the Parents because I'm just like, why don't you just stop talking and tell them the truth? Like, you're just making it worse and it's not funny. It's frustrating, you know? And that's this movie entirely. Like, it's just... It's annoying to watch this character go through this shit. It's like, you really don't need this. You could just be honest and tell them like, you know, this isn't really working out and this is what we're going to change and we're going we're gonna to work something else out. I will help you work something out. Like, it just, it frustrates me and I just, I couldn't enjoy it. But I did, I just, I had it on. I let it play all the way through. It is a very long movie and it doesn't need to be. no. And it, I felt like the story structure was very odd. I felt like uh, it was resolved. Everything got resolved very early and probably very, I considered very easily, too easily, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was boring. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun to watch. It was just, and who is the, who's the guy who plays the dad? Was it Don Cheadle? Who's the guy? Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Even Adam Sandler and Chris Rock as a pairing. It didn't work. Can't save this. Yeah, it didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. No. Yeah, not with the way they played these characters. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. Uh, it just. It's just a big bundle of no. Yeah, I agree. So, um, and yeah. out of these bottom ones, one that was on there that I did actually want to see was Men, Women, and Children. I heard that that was actually a really deep movie, drama, a dark comedy almost. Yeah, I 
I would definitely agree. I start, I got into watching it, but I did not get to finish it. Yeah. So, but I was liking it so far and it's a loaded cast. Yeah, it really is. So, um, definitely one that I want to finish. Um, because yeah, I started it, but then I couldn't find it like on a regular streaming. So, and then what I was watching it on, it wasn't working right. So I got part of it and had to rebuffer. It was a mess. I think I was watching it on Crackle. Oh, okay. I'll try that. But yeah, I definitely want to go in and finish it. And I'm probably going to want to go in and watch it again, just all the way through so I can get it as a cohesive film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But so far, yeah, I... I was digging. I think you will enjoy it. But again, I again I haven't seen the whole thing, so don't trust me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure how how do we okay, so movies that weren't in the top ten and weren't in the bottom, what's a movie that you enjoyed from Adam Sandler? Well, actually there was there is one on the bottom that I actually really enjoyed. Oh, okay, what is it? I actually really liked Sandy Wexler. Okay, I didn't watch that one. It was one that I wanted to. How I, It's on my to watch, but I didn't. So I think that one's on Netflix right now. And it's, <laughs> it's just, it's funny. Well, it takes place in the 90s, which I've been kind of feeling lately because the 90s just kind of bring back a really, like, nice, warm sense of comfort for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to a lot of 90s music and so this movie was just like a 90s bomb of references and 90s music and just oh it it felt good Um, so Sandy Wexler is basically about Adam Sandler and he is a talent agent and he's the representative for some really like not so talented people like there's a daredevil who's not very good there's a puppeteer who I mean he's funny but He's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ends up discovering Jennifer Hudson at um, Magic Mountain. Okay. And it's it's this cute setup where like she's a singer, so he's gonna he's gonna get her a demo and he's gonna get, you know, her he's gonna find a way to get exposure for her. And there's this really funny scene. <laughs> I just have to mention this because it cracked me up and I rewinded it like ten times. Because it was so funny. Um, there's a scene that reminds me of what it's like to have a conversation with my mother. Oh. Because <laughs> there is a scene where, like, because Colin Quinn plays one of the people that Sandy represents. And so Sandy and him are talking outside a bar. And Colin Quinn's like, did you call him? And Sandy's like, yeah, I called him. And he's like, well, what'd he say? What did who say? The guy you called. Who did I call? I can't remember what he says exactly, but Colin Quinn's like, the head of productions, the guy. And Sandy's like, oh, yeah, I got to call him. Oh, God. Colin Quinn's like, you just said you called him. Sandy's like, I thought you were going to call him. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I shit you not. This is what it's like to talk to my mom. (laughs) Like, I wish I was exaggerating, guys. (laughs) This is how my mom is. I would lose she just, it. She says, that she says yes to things that she didn't hear, and then she can't follow up on it because she didn't actually hear it. That is hilarious. And so that scene just fucking got me. And I do want to say one other part that I absolutely love that I kept rewinding over and over and over again. 
he gets her to record like a demo and she's doing this really awesome song. Like I, the soundtrack for this of course is amazing, but then we got some original J hood in here. So that's awesome. And so she's doing this song in the booth. Babyface is producing it. And Mace is the guest voice on it. Uh, Yeah. And Mace and Babyface look fucking good. It looks like a day has not passed. It looks like this movie was made with the help of a time machine because they look exactly like they did in the 90s. Mm, That's crazy. And there's this, yeah, and there's this really sweet scene where like Mace comes into the booth. Like he does a Ric Flair strut because in case you didn't know, Ric Flair is actually very popular with rappers. (laughs) And Mace walks into the booth and he like jumps in on the chorus and he like does his little bridge and he does a little rap and his voice is so smooth and you see J-Hud like she kind of like grabs her chest and she's like kind of like shy and I feel like that's a real genuine reaction from her because you got to think like she's not much older than us so she grew up listening to Mace too. Oh yeah for sure. So I love that little moment where they start singing together and you can see her like actually kind of geek out and Sandy gets jealous because it turns out this is a love story. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, which I didn't really see coming. I thought it was just going to be like a kind of a friend partnership, you know, ups and downs kind of uh, movie. But no, like Sandy starts falling in love with her and it's kind of adorable. Oh my God. Okay, now I definitely have to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. And then, like, right after that, like, everybody's all his, uh, all the people he represents are listening to the demo. And I love Nick Swardson's character because he's like, he's the he's the daredevil who sucks. And he looks at her. He's like, so Babyface produced it, like the Babyface, like the guy with the face of a baby. <laughs> and Sandy's like, yeah, he had to, he does have a very childlike face. It's true. <laughs> And it's just, oh, please go watch Sandy Wexler. I think you'll like it. Okay, I will watch it. Yeah, there's also Terry Crews and a cameo by a pro wrestler. So there's that. Of course. I think, I feel like Adam is secretly like a huge, not secretly, he is a huge wrestling fan. He has to be. Yeah, yeah. He actually went on, when little Nikki was like coming out, he went on WWE and promoted it. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I, He's just, he's awesome. I think he's awesome. I do too. <laughs> um, okay, so what other movies should we talk about before we wrap up? Ooh, okay. Um, one that wasn't mentioned that I know I've covered and I know that we just love together was uh, The Wedding Singer. Yes, that's actually the one I saved for last. Uh, I covered this movie and I know Misa and I just adore 80s Adam Sandler you know, pretend 80s, um, just mm-hmm. so cute. And him and Drew Barrymore are just such a dynamic duo. Like, they just work so well together in this movie. The soundtrack is amazing. Robbie is this super lovable character. Uh, the wedding, he is actually a wedding singer. And I, I think this is just such a cute film. Like, this is, this is actually probably my number one, if I'm being honest. It's it's really close for me, but this is this is probably my number one. I totally feel you. Um, it's not close for me. Wedding singer has always been number one. 
um, I made a list here. Well, actually, I started off, <clears throat> I watched The Wedding Singer today. Mm-hmm. I, I saved it for the very last because it is my favorite. And because, you know, when you go through and you watch all these movies you hadn't seen in a while, you'd never seen before, you want to come back to something familiar and, you know, lovable. And so I purposely didn't watch this one until late. I pretty much watched it like four hours ago. Oh, gosh. <laughs> And the first thing I wrote down on my notes was, I don't even want to take notes. I just want to watch this movie. <laughs> that is, yeah, I I can, this is one of those movies, like, you know, you have those background movies mm-hmm. that you can put on and mindlessly go about whatever you're doing. I can't, I have to watch this movie. If it's on, like, I don't care where it is, like on TV, because this is another TBS one. Um I will watch it. Like, I will stop whatever I'm doing because I, I really do love this movie. Um, my two that I are my top. This is this is my top, and then the other one is right underneath it. For me, this movie, first of all, has one of the greatest opening montages in film of all time. 100% agreed. Which, uh, a couple years ago, like, I don't know, it was before we started the podcast, I wrote a blog, uh, I wrote an entry on my blog about, like, that my favorite movie montages of all time and The Wedding Singer was number one. (laughs) Um, This is also my favorite Adam Sandler film. This is my favorite chick flick. This is my favorite rom-com. This is my favorite Alan Covert as uh, Adam Sandler's partner film. Like this is my, Sammy is my favorite role of his Mm -hmm. ever. Um, I just think Sammy is just awesome. And The Wedding Singer is one of the very first DVDs that I ever owned. Aw. So lots of really good memories, like watching this on a computer and like an actual computer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just good things. Like I, there's just so much about this movie that I love. Like Joe Dante's character cracks me up. And the kid that he gives the drink to was one of the bullies from the Beetleborgs, which I grew up watching and loving. Um, Alexis Arquette, of course, plays George, and she's amazing. Right, may she rest in peace. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool that like Alexis Arquette was in this film. David Arquette was in Airheads. Patricia Arquette was in Little Nicky. So the only two siblings that Adam hasn't worked with are Rosanna and Richmond. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was actually pretty cool. <laughs> I wonder if it was purposeful. I wonder. I wonder if he's going to make movies with the other two. Possibly. We shall see. Um, but yes, I'm totally, uh, Frankie and I love the 80s. So that's one big reason why this movie is so close to our hearts. Um, I know Adam Sandler's not Hollywood's idea of like a really, really good looking guy. But I think that Adam Sandler looks his best in The Wedding Singer. Oh, agreed. As Robbie, this is probably my favorite character of his. Like, he is so lovable. He is like the perfect spouse, basically. Just so damn cute. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my favorite parts in The Wedding Singer is when like after Linda doesn't show up and uh, his nephew pops up with the fucking Betty Krueger glove and the mask. He's like, I made this for you, Uncle Robbie. He's like, thanks, Freddy Krueger. And he like drew... He drew horns and shit on Linda. It's like, that's not nice. It's very creative, though. Go back to the boiler room. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
It's the one-liners. Yeah. It's the yeah. one-liners. I love it. Such a good movie. My movie that is like right underneath it makes, I mean, this is, I love this movie. The one that's underneath it is the one, the other one that I've covered, and that's The Water Boy. And that one is special to me just because of my dad. So that one has, you know, special meaning. This one I love because, like you said, it's my favorite rom-com. I, I literally cannot watch the plane scene without bawling. It's so sweet, so cute. Like, who doesn't want someone to go and find you on a plane, you know? And then yeah. sing the song that they just wrote for you. You're getting a little specific here. <laughs> but, yes, I know what you mean. The sentiment, the sentiment. It's just so sweet. Like, it's just so damn cute. Yeah. It's so cute. I love it. I love it's it. It's sweet. Great. And even though, like, the movie's, like, chock full of all those, like, really sweet, really cute moments, like, I found myself, like, now I'm in rewatching it. Um, even when, like, Robbie hits those lows, like, some of the things he says are so relatable. Like, when Sammy finds him in bed and he hasn't moved in five days, like, he's like, I haven't done jack shit since high school. I'm like, that is so relatable. Like so many people, I think our age feel unaccomplished. And I think that that's something that like, something that we kind of constantly wrestle with. Yeah. Like, what am I really doing with my life kind of thing? Yeah. Especially because I kind of feel like we're changing the, um, like the life expectancy, if you will, like the way things are supposed to be done. Like our, our goals are not the same as they were like in the seventies or eighties. Like you don't have to be married by 26 and have kids by 30 because life is expensive one quote from this movie that in the past few years I really related to um is when like after Robbie fucks up that one wedding reception and she finds him outside and she's like oh it's your first wedding back of course it's gonna be a little shaky and he's like a little shaky I hate weddings I hate the bride I hate the groom I want them to be miserable because that's what I am and I get that. Like, I don't like shooting weddings. <laughs> I just have to be honest. I don't like shooting weddings. It sucks. And, like, that scene where he, like, flips out because everybody around him is in love and he's alone. Like, I get that. Yeah. He's the most relatable. And it just, this this movie is very emotional for me to watch. Yeah, I realized that today when I watched it. Like, I cried during the opening credits. Yeah? I cried during the opening because I was so happy. <laughs> like, I I legit, <clears throat> every every two seconds I was writing something down that I liked. And then every three minutes I was crying again. Because, like, Robbie's so sweet. And he gets stood up. And it's fucked. And then he continues to be a really good person. And he has these great moments. And they're sweet. And you cry. And then he hits rock bottom. And you cry. Because everything he's going through is like, everybody knows that kind of heartbreak. Yeah. You know, everybody knows that kind of heartbreak where you just kind of want to die. And I also love that they show Drew Barrymore with someone who we know she shouldn't be with and her finding the strength to end that toxic ass relationship and not just settle yes yes and one of the things that like 
So when I rewatched this movie, I actually watched the extended version. Um, and it makes me mad when I watch the extended version that they didn't keep that one scene in. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Which one? The scene with Rosie. When oh, she's yeah. working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, we talked about that on the, um, when I covered this. Okay, that was a long time ago. Sorry. It was. No, no, no. No, I'm but, sorry. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it annoys me because there's the quote that she tells him. Like, what she says to him is so important. Because, like, in case you haven't seen the extended version, uh, there's a scene between Robbie and Julia doing the practice kiss and the double date mm-hmm. where Rosie's working out and Robbie's talking to her and she's like, oh, are you nervous about dating? Is it because of the size of your penis? <laughs> and he's like, what? And like, you can tell like Adam Sandler's <laughs> genuinely laughing. Like he's genuinely laughing in this movie. Like he, there's no fucking, like he broke character just a little here. Um, but she sits down with him and she says like, oh, you're going to find a girl. You're going to find someone perfect. And then she says, it's not how you feel about her. It's how she makes you feel about yourself. Yes. And I feel like that's very important in this movie. And it's important in real life. Like you can love someone all you want. You can shower them with gifts and you can give them your affection. But if they make you feel like shit about yourself, then you're in the wrong place. 1,000%. Like they should... On the back. (laughs) Like they should... Like the person you love, that you give love to, should make you feel valued. And that... And so as she's telling him this, like he realizes like Linda was not that girl. And as she's telling him this, we know that, like, Glenn is not that for Julia. And it it just, it frustrates me that that scene is cut. And I get why the scene was cut, because, like, it's just so much easier to transition right into the the double date and how the music goes in. It's kind of perfect. But it frustrates me because that was a really good scene. It's brief. And I feel like that's a really important lesson. And I mean, yeah, the lesson doesn't need to be spelled out to you like that. I see why the movie did without it. But I I like that scene. I thought it was important. And I wish they'd kept it in the theatrical cut. I think it's also like, just like, I personally think it's a cute scene. Like, I like how Rosie's working out. And I love the comment that she makes. And I love the quote, like you said, like everything about it, I feel like I wish it wasn't in the totally awesome extended version only. I really wish it was in all of them, like the TV version and everything too. Yeah, which I thought was weird because it's like a lot of times when they show movies on TV, they will show scenes that were cut, like Sex in the City. Whenever Sex in the City is on TBS, they show extra scenes all the time. Yeah. All the time. So it's weird that they, and it's such a small scene. You can slip that back in. It's important. It really is. So lame. But um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot to love about this film. There's a lot to love about the characters and their development. And um, again, like, I think one reason why I continue to love this movie is because it's, it's, it is, it becomes more and more relatable as I get older because it sucks. Like, it sucks. To see the one you want and and like they're happy with someone else. And you just can't tell them how you feel because you don't want to disrupt their happiness. So you just walk away. 
Oh, like when he sees her in the window. Exactly. I'm Julia Guglia. <laughs> and he can't like, he's like practicing what he's going to say. And he's like literally walking to her door. And then that. And it's uh-huh. like, never mind. And that has happened to me. And it did not feel good. And then I, on furthermore, like it also sucks when you finally muster up the courage to go tell them you love them. And when you get to their place, you find a girl there with them instead. Mm. And that happens to Julia. And it has happened to me more than once. And I'm going to tell you right now, it fucking sucks. So this movie just hits a lot of marks with me. Like it... Whenever I watch it, I shift between relating to Robbie and then I relate to Julia and then I relate to Robbie and then I relate to Julia. But at the same time, like, I want a story like Robbie and Julia. Like, uh, I just love this movie. It's such a good movie. I don't know anyone who's watched it and doesn't love it. Yeah, I I asked around to my friends. I was like, "Hey, what's your favorite Adam Sandler film?" And a bunch of them named a bunch of different staples. And then one my, one of my sisters was like, "Oh, I can't stand him, but I guess the Wedding Singer was tolerable." And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> proven point." So um, yeah, this this movie is just it's great. Like even my sisters quote it. Like my sister quotes it all that she's she always does the cuckoo's nest cuckoo's nest nervous <laughs> breakdown nervous breakdown just for, for no just randomly she'll say it i heard her say it literally a couple hours ago shut up really she quotes it like it's i'm telling you adam sandler is in our vocabulary and like we so don't funny. even really notice it anymore that's so funny yeah it's and they i remember when my sisters and i were growing up like they love the part where he wakes up and Linda's over him and she's like, she's singing wham, but she sings the lyric wrong. Yes. <laughs> and they just think it's so funny because it's like, she's an idiot. <laughs> I, there's just so much, there's so many funny moments in this movie. It hits mm-hmm. all my emotions, just all of them. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is very special to me, and I love it. And yeah. <laughs> Sammy, they were cones. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got the job right. <laughs> I love that. I actually found an enamel pin on Instagram. It's in the shape of a cone, and it says they were cones. And I'm oh, fucking getting it. You, it's a must. I'm it's fucking must. getting it because I love Sammy. I love Sammy. <laughs> that, is, that is a must. A one of a kind pen for sure. I've never seen one like that. Of all of his other movies. They're super cute, super notable, but this one is definitely my favorite. Water favorite. Waterboy is second for me. One of the newer movies that I did watch and I thoroughly enjoyed was Murder Mystery. Yes, I loved Murder Mystery. It was so funny. It was hilarious. I, I was not it. expecting that, but it was super cute, super funny. Um so random like I love Luke Evans yeah and uh Angel and I watched this one together and we both like we were laughing I mean it was hilarious I think my favorite part is toward the end when he's like oh my god it's a Ferrari I got the I got the mustache I'm like Magnum PI and so they like try to get in the red car and they realize that the driver's seat is on the other side so Jennifer Aniston has to drive yes but then we get that kick-ass road scene to ACDC. And that was needed. 
Now, same, this soundtrack, but I mean, can you, I love how they go on this, you know, trip, and it's not what it's supposed to be, and then they get to go on a yacht. Like, how does that happen? That's amazing. I wish. I would compare this film to, like, a mix between Knives Out and Clue. That is a great <laughs> mashup. Yes. Yeah, I think because it's got like, there is some scenes where it's like, oh, shit. And then there's some scenes where you just, it's just hilarious. Like, you can't help but burst out laughing. I love when they, uh, I love when the patriarch is dead and they keep taking the dagger out and putting it back in. (laughs) uh, Malcolm is his name. Yes, and they keep like, they take it out and they're like, no, 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 don't take it out. Like, okay, I'll put it back in. No, don't put it in. And then he puts it in and it squishes. Oh, God, yeah. And then they take it out again. And Adam Sandler's like, first, let's stop taking it out and putting it back in the body. He's so funny in this movie. I know he tries to, like, display, you know, his manhood when um, Jennifer's character is talking to Luke in the uh, first class area, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I'm just trying to come find my wife, and then you know, sets him up for being so manly and whatever. And Jennifer's like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> like right before that, when he peeks inside, he's like, he sees Jennifer Aniston. His he sees his wife with another man. Yeah. And the first thing he says is, "Holy shit, this plane has a bar." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, like this has, I feel like one-liners are just great in all his films. Like he's always got great one-liners. A hundred percent agreed. So yeah, Murder Mystery was a lot of fun to watch. I think, is it on Netflix right now, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, guys, go watch Murder Mystery. It's actually really, really funny and probably underrated if you haven't heard of it. It's super cute, super funny, great soundtrack. Indeed. So yeah, and that kind of wraps up like the newer movies that I like from him, um, the classics. I'm I I didn't realize I've covered quite a few of his movies actually on Soundtrack City. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely one of my faves. <laughs> what about one that you hate or just can't one that stand? one that I can't stand? Let's see. Well, the week of was pretty terrible. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at this list. I did try to watch the Meyerowitz stories, but I just couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then The Ridiculous Six is just way too spoofy for me. Did okay. you watch that one? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's too spoofy for me. And, like, I, I was, like, watching it, and I knew it was going to be a parody, and I, you know, I went in knowing it, and... You know, of course, there's a lot of toilet humor, which, of course. Of course. But then, like, by the time he found the third brother, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, he's going to find three more. And then they find out that the dad set it all up, right? And sure enough, (laughs) that's exactly what happened. So I was like, I I couldn't get invested because, it A, it was just, like, too silly, I guess. Like, the, the humor was so silly that it wasn't hitting. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, but, I mean, great cast, as usual. Um, but just didn't vibe with me. I did rewatch Punk Drunk, uh, Punch Drunk Love. Mm. That's one that you don't like, right? I can't stand it. I tried. I tried several times because it is 
one that people like talk about being one of his best. Um, mm -hmm. This is actually one that I saw on several lists that was put as number one. Um, I, I can't, I don't like it. Yeah, I can understand. I understand that. Cause it's not, it's kind of like if, how do you describe it? It's very abstract. I, yeah, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of like, I don't know. Um, there was a lot of like long moments or moments that weren't needed. Um, there was things that I just, I just, I don't, I don't even like the story because I, I looked up like, you know, trying to find something like, okay, this is going to happen. So like watch so you can see this part, you know, mm -hmm. but even the whole story for me was just, a, mm. so yeah, I, when I first watched it, I had to turn it off mm -hmm. because I just, at first, it flows really weird. Yeah. And I, I remember the first time I watched it, I turned it off when the girl, the girl on the phone starts harassing him for money. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to avoid her phone calls. And I was just like, oh, is it going to be one of those movies? Like, never mind. I'll turn it off, right? Um, but at the time, I did not know that Philip Seymour Hoffman was in it. <laughs> oh, okay. And I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. So... I went into the movie again uh, uh, recently, like a couple of weeks ago, I guess. Um, and I was just like, maybe, maybe I'm in a different mindset. Maybe it'll hit differently, right? So I turned it on and I watched it. And I really just, I watched it, but I wasn't trying to absorb it. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like I was just letting it happen in front of me. Right. I I get it. <laughs> I I get it, but I I don't get the hype. So uh, watching it this time around, I noticed I started noticing things like, oh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of blue and red here. And so when I think of blue and red, I think of Superman automatically. Mm -hmm. um, and so I realized, like you know, he wears a lot of blue, and the love interest wears a lot of red. Yeah, and then he doesn't start wearing red until he meets her. And then on top of that, like, there are some similarities between him and Superman. Like, when he's running away from those guys and he flies off of the thing onto the street, like, he flies like Superman. Um, and I feel like a lot of the colors are reoccurring. And I, I mean, obviously, that had to be on purpose because it's an artsy film. Right. But, like, I feel like the colors are important. Like, the colors kind of intensify as like the action and the emotion intensifies. And one thing that I did write down that I really liked was like, <clears throat> I like when him and the girl are at the restaurant and like you hear all the kind of ambient noise chaos that you would at a restaurant. You hear like people chattering in different tables and you hear clinking glasses and silverware and, you know, discussions and stuff like that. And so you watch them like get up out of the restaurant and you watch them leave. And as soon as they leave, the music and the sound design changes from all that chatter and all that noise. And it turns into like very soft, gentle musical when it becomes just the two of them on the street. And I thought that was actually really pretty. Um, that scene got my attention to the point where I wrote it down. Um, but... 
the performances are great. Um, I, I think this would work better as a play. You know, I can see that. Like a UIL. Yeah. <laughs> like a one act. Yeah, or something like that. But I just, I'm not discrediting those who say it's a great film. There are great aspects to it because obviously it's Adam Sandler and it's, isn't it Paul Thomas Anderson or someone? Who is it? Uh, I think so. And um, I mean, yeah, yeah, Paul Paul Thomas Anderson. I'm sorry, I couldn't talk. I always get him confused with Wes Anderson. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because they're both artsy. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, this is one of the very artsy films. This is, um, you know, it's it's highly rated. Um, It has a sophisticated score. Um, It's just... I just, I don't know. I have tried several times. Maybe I'm just not letting it just flow, um, you know, without thinking too much or like without watching for, I guess my mind is in movies like watching with a purpose now. And I just need to like let it be and watch it, if that makes sense. I would, yeah, I would just need to go, go into it with a relaxed mind. Go into it, you know, don't overthink anything. I mean, I, obviously we can't talk about all of them, guys, because then we're going to be here all night, and we're not going to do that. Sorry. No. Love you guys. Um, but I think we've got a good chunk of his work. I do, too. We covered a lot, and um, we talked a lot about him, yeah. Guys, um, feel free to check out Netflix or HBO Max or Crackle or Hulu. Type in Adam Sandler, see what you find and go have a laugh or a good cry. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we could all use both these days just to kind of release some of this uh, residual tension from 2020. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I would personally love to have you guys just comment once we get this posted up on the Instagram. What is your favorite Adam Sandler movie? What is one that maybe we didn't mention um, or what is one that you absolutely can't stand or, you know, that's hyped up that you don't like? Because I'm sure I'm going to get some flack for not liking Punch Drunk Love. But, you know, whatever. I, no, I think I think that there for everyone who loves it, there's someone who, like, doesn't like it. Who It's not their jam. And that's, again, like, that's okay. Every movie is a different flavor and not every flavor is going to hit. So You're right. You're right. So, but I get it. I get it. Um, it's definitely not one of my top either. Um, it's a beautiful film, but it doesn't hit all the marks for me to be a, a film, one of mine, you know? Yeah. 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 So, but of course I, I love and appreciate Adam Sandler. I think it's shitty that he did not get at least nominated because he should have gotten nominated and won at least one. Absolutely. But it's okay. We'll get them next time. Next time, Adam. <laughs> Hang in there. That's it for us, right? I think so. This has been the B-side. We are just so excited to start this new venture, and we really hope you guys just enjoyed listening us ramble about one of our fave guys, the Sandman. And uh, for sure, don't forget to comment. Let us know what your favorite is. This is definitely going to be more fun if it's interactive. And... Look for our next Soundtrack City podcast together coming up soon. We have an awesome. I can't wait for Misa to put the clue out for that one. Oh, yeah. I got to find a good clue. Our next episode will be a collaborative episode. 
Mm-hmm. Super excited. So we are going to tackle a massive, amazing soundtrack together, and it's going to be good. Oh, yeah, for sure. And until then, guys, we hope you're doing well. Oh, yes. Please drink your water, wear your mask, stay safe. See your therapist. You will be hearing from us very soon. Yes. Thanks, guys. This has been Frankie. And this was Misa. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to our first episode of The B-Side, a.k.a. The Better Side. And we will see you guys next time. TTYL. Bye. Bye.